Temptation Traps. We are in the third week of our series, and the question we're asking today is, how do we get out? How do we escape temptation? Anybody feel like they're tempted in this world? All of us are. All of us are. So what do we do with that? When I think of temptation, I kind of think of a highway, where you're headed down this highway, and God has great plans for you and I, for our desires, his desires in us to be met at the right time in the right way. But temptation, as long as we stay between the lines, we're all right. But temptation are like the rumble strips on the side of the road, right? As long as you stay straight and you keep it between the lines, knowing what's ahead of you is better than what's beside you, you're okay. But once you waver a little bit, you get, anybody ever been woken up by those? Yeah, I, I, whoa, what's going on? That's what temptation is. Temptation is always a proposition to not trust God, thinking what's beside us is better than what is ahead of us. And I understand temptation is different for every single one of us here in this room. But all of us have faced some season in life where we have been tempted, we've been grabbed hold of by temptation, maybe believed a lie that wasn't true, maybe our life ended up on the side of the road, busted down with a flat tire, wondering if anyone was ever going to come to help us. Or maybe at some point in your life you took an off-ramp You spent years of your life thinking you were headed in the right direction, but all along you were headed in a direction that God wasn't calling you to go in. So I want to spend some time and dig into God's word. We're going to pop into 1 Corinthians. If you have your Bible or your Bible app or scriptures will be on the screen as well. The reason we're going there is because Paul writes to the church in Corinth a church that Paul started, and I often wonder, you know, why is the, is the Corinthian letter so long? First and Second Corinthians, why is it so long? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because this church was a hot mess, all right? They were a hot mess. In the church of Corinth, there was so much greed. It was a major trade city, Corinth was. One of those places that young entrepreneurs Men and women would go to start a business, to launch their career. They were build their brand. They were focused on status. And that's the only thing that mattered in Corinth. And then what's going to pop up next? Well, you can guess it. This was the most over-sexualized city probably on the face of the planet at the time. Literally, they had prostitutes everywhere. Everything was about sex. They had a temple that was for Aphrodite, one for Neptune. And part of their worship is they would go there actually to the temple and sleep with women and sleep with men, and it was crazy. There's a whole list of things, if you read through Corinthians, that they struggled with. Not only sleeping around, but they were getting drunk. And they weren't just getting drunk, they were getting drunk in church. All right, that's how bad it was. You think we've got problems in our churches, all right? They were getting drunk when they came to worship. 
They were fighting amongst themselves. They were giving the rich special treatment. They struggle with everything. And when you look at our society today, I don't know if you're like me, but I got to stop back, step back and ask the question, with so much temptation around us, how in the world are we ever going to make it? As the world continues to change, our culture continues to evolve, political things pulling us apart, greed, lust, and the list goes on, right? I mean, come on. And with devices... How many of you have your phone on you? Raise your hand if you have a phone. All right. With those devices on us, the temptation that we have, our weakest moments, our weakest points are right at our fingertips every moment of the day. Wow. How in the world are we going to make it? And with those thoughts in mind, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul says, time out, time out. First off, I want you to look back at the history of God's people. And he gives them a list in 1 Corinthians 10 that you can read through later this afternoon. But his point is, listen, I want to let you know you're not the only ones who have faced temptation in the history of the world. You're not on an island here. There are others who have gone through the same thing. 1 Corinthians 10, beginning with verse 11, Paul says, these things happened to them as examples and were written down as what? Warnings. He said, listen, I want to warn you with these, with what's happened of the fulfillment of the ages for, on the, for whom the fulfillment of the ages has come, meaning the fulfill, fullness of the church in Christ and in the spirit. He says, so here's the deal. If you think you're standing firm, be careful. Be careful. To the Corinthian church, you think you're standing firm? There are people getting drunk in church. You call that standing firm? Be careful if you think you're standing firm so you don't fall. And the challenge for us, because I know some of us in this room are struggling with some kind of temptation right now. There's some apple as the graphic we're using in front of you. And for every single one of us, it's something different. But no matter what the temptation is, it's bigger than you. And you may find yourself this morning saying, I'm busted. I'm broke down. I'm on the side of the road with this thing, whatever it is. And I speak, as I speak today, you're going to lean in. You're going to be all ears because you're looking for a way out. You're looking for a way of escape. But then there's another group of you that I'm more concerned about. And that's the group that says, man, Jeff, I'm glad you're talking about this. This world is crazy. Alcoholism is out of control and you don't lean in yourself. Be careful. Be careful if you think you're standing firm, lest you fall. Paul says, time out, time out. 
the sin that Jesus preached about most. You think it was alcoholism? No. Think it was lust? No. It was greed. Isn't that interesting? It was greed. You think there's a little bit of greed going on in our world right now? <laughs> yeah. Making a stat up. I love to make statistics up. But I would say 99.9% .9 of people in the world struggle with greed, and they don't know they're struggling with it. Huh? I would also made up stats say 99.9% .9 of people in the world struggle with pride. Made up stat, but they don't even realize they're filled with pride. Listen, if you think you're standing firm, this is Paul, not me. Be careful, be careful. Then here's what he says in verse 13. I love this. You probably have this verse memorized. It says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide what? A way out so that you can stand up under it. I know maybe you think your situation is unique. But again, remember, Paul's saying since the dawn of creation, look at all these moments in history. God has been there. God has provided a way out. He says, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He's not saying what you can bear by yourself. He's saying what you can bear with my faithfulness, with my faithfulness. But when you're tempted, tempted, uh-huh, tempted to tea. When you're tempted, does he say if you're tempted? No, it's coming. When you're tempted, he will also provide a way out. How many are excited that there's a way out, right? Clap for that. We're excited there's a way to get out of this thing. But then he says, so that you can what? Endure, stand up. In other words, there's no magic pill here. This is the point where Paul says, okay, listen, I want you to put your big boy, your big girl pants on, right? Because there's no get out of jail cart for free here. You're going to have to endure this. You're going to have to battle this. Paul would say your sins reckon you and it's a bigger deal than what you know. But if you'll listen, Paul says, if you'll lean in, I'm going to give you some things here that are noteworthy. And if you're not a note taker, Paul would say, today's the day. Today's the day. Because he's about to give us a way out and we don't want to miss it. I love the way he wraps up 1 Corinthians 15. He said, I don't want to beat you up, okay? I don't want to beat you up. But so thanks be to God that he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, listen, if you'll take this serious, what I'm about to tell you, what we're about to enter into, you'll understand that there is victory, that victory is possible. Say that with me. Victory 
is possible. Stand up. Let's say a little bit louder. Get that hour back, all right? Get in your bones. Here it goes. Say it. Victory. One more.
So hopefully you're ready to take some notes. Let's dig into this. Here we go. He'd say step one, he's going to give us some steps here, is you've got to pursue God's word. You want to wave escape, you've got to pursue God's word. How many agree with that? All right. Psalms 119. Oh, wow. 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. There is no way we can figure out temptation unless we have God's word within our heart. Psalm 119, 105, your word is like a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Without digging into God's word and getting God's word into our heart, we have no way to know which way to turn away from temptation and where our path should be. Number two, and you got to do this. You got to check your pulse. <clears throat> Go ahead. Check your pulse for me. Check it. How many of you believe your heartbeat's important? Yeah. Chuck, are you checking your pulse? Because your eyes are closed. <laughs> yeah. I told you I was going to check on you sleep in the day. Yeah, Chuck was out till 11 o'clock last night. Your heartbeat is huge. Anybody ever take an exercise class where you, they get you going, and then all of a sudden they say, okay, stop, check your pulse, all right? Whenever I start to try to get back into shape, and we're in the process of that, but I remember years ago, same, same routine, and I was in a spinning class, and the lady teaching it went to church where I, where I ministered. And we got to that point in spinning class. She said, check, check your pulse. And I'm checking mine. He said, okay, where are you? What's your number? I went, two, zero, zero. She said, whoa, 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 Jeff, you stop. <laughs> you set this one out, right? 
we have to check our pulse because our heartbeat is important. Proverbs 4, 4.23 says, above all else, guard your what? Guard your heart. Why? Because it is the wellspring of life. Everything you and I do comes from our heart. And we can't talk about fixing behavior or dealing with temptation until we check our pulse. Came across a great video a few weeks ago. Watch this. <laughs> hey, son. Hey. Did you get it all done? Yeah, that pre-calc assignment took a lot longer than I thought it would. Pre-calc. Speaking of math, you know what's odd to me? Numbers that aren't divisible by two. Why? Hey, you don't get it? Like, odd numbers aren't divisible no, no, by two. No, I, I got the joke, just why? Because it's funny. <laughs> Come on. You want to turn on your phone, we'll pray. Dad, why do we keep doing this? I, I mean, I'm old enough now. You can trust me with this kind of stuff. Why are we doing this? Okay, um, good question. Phones are great. They really are. But they can also be a distraction and a temptation. And so me taking your phone at night is not some my house, my rules kind of thing. I'm trying to help you develop good habits. You gotta know this, there's, there's a battle going on, son. A battle for the allegiance of your soul, your heart, and your mind. And you don't ever age out of it. So we're just trying to better prepare you for a battle you're going to be fighting the rest of your life. I guess I get that, but... Dad, I'm not a kid anymore. You can trust me. Yeah. I don't even trust myself. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows through it. Number three, he would say, look for the pattern. Look for the pattern. Romans chapter 12, Paul writes, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Come to find out there's a pattern to life. You see it all around you. One decision leads to another that decision leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. He says, so listen, don't conform to that. <clears throat> don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you got to figure out the pattern. How do you do that? Well, let me ask you a few questions, one-word questions, and I don't know if you've ever done this before when it comes to the pattern in your life or when it comes to temptation but here it goes. First one is when. When. When are you usually tempted? 
in the morning, somebody say all the time, you know, is it in the morning? Is it at night? Is it when you watch the news and you get angry about what's going on in the world? Commercials? There's some commercials that right now that are on that my TV is lucky it's still working. Right? When? When are you tempted? Maybe you watch an HGTV and you begin to hate your house? Maybe it's when you feel like other people are get, getting ahead and you're not. Next question, where? Not only when, where, when, but ask yourself where. Is it on the golf course? I mean, there's a whole different person on the golf course. Is it in the bedroom? Is it when you go over to your friend's house and maybe they've got a nicer car than you? Where? Next question, who? Who? Who are you usually tempted with? Girlfriend, family member, business partner, certain group of friends? Who are you tempted with? Next one, what? What? What temporary benefit are you going to gain by the time you're stuck in your sin and you catch that which you're chasing after? What is it that is worth giving up your eternal destiny with Jesus Christ? What is that? Ever ask yourself that? One more, how? How? How do you feel when you're about to be tempted and hit the rumble strips? Usually when I'm tempted, you say, I feel anxious. I feel nervous. I'm angry. I get tempted because I'm resentful. I get tempted because I'm being overlooked. Find the pattern. Ask yourself when, where, who, what, and how. Number four. Plan your steps. I love this in Proverbs 4, 26 and 27. It says, give careful thought to the past for your feet and be steadfast in all ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. When you start to struggle, you got to come up with a game plan. Pray about it. Build that game plan as to how you're going to stay away from temptation. In Proverbs, I love it where the older man is, man is speaking to the younger man. He's going to say, keep your path far from her. Don't go near her. He's talking to a young guy, and he knows he's struggling with this woman. And he says, she's trying to pull you away from your marriage. She's trying to pull you off base. He's saying, Lisa, listen, keep your path far from that lady. If you're going to town, don't even go near her house. Don't go near her front door. Even if it's going to take you longer to get there, you go a whole nother route. 
so you stay away from her. Know what temptation looks like. Number five, choose your people. Choose your people. We're going to talk more about this next week. But Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10. Read this with me. Two. This is so huge, this step, that next week we're going we're gonna to break this down. But I hate that word towards the end, that word pity. But pity. No one likes to have someone pity, have pity on them. And no one wants to say, not have somebody to say, hey, you know, Brother, help me, I'm struggling here. Not to have that person. And sister, sister listen, I, I, I really need some advice. I, I need to stay on track here. Pity the person who doesn't have somebody like that. It's huge, and we'll talk about that next week. One more. Put on your new self. Put on your new self, and this is my favorite. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on what? The new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. All of us know that that's right. Just to have a desire, just to try to change, you can't change. You have to take the old self and set it aside. What is the old self? Well, it's like if you get mad at everything. You get mad at the news. You get mad at the people you work with. You're just angry all the time. He says, listen, you got to put that self off. you got to get rid of that self. Put on your new self. Why? Because you are of the kingdom of God. You are a son. You are a daughter of God. And you're going to start, stop freaking out about everything. You're to be a bearer of courage, a bearer of faith. And you can't do that if you're angry all the time. You'll never experience his joy. Put off the old self. Put on the new. All right. Six steps. And hopefully, we, yeah, here they are. Let's read these together. You got to pursue God's word. I'd encourage you to put those steps somewhere. Put those steps somewhere because those are the guardrails. Those are the guardrails that Paul has given us. Write it down. Doesn't that sound easy? Yeah, right. It's not that easy, is it? Even if we know the plan, it's still tough. Paul knew the plan. Probably the one above all else aside from Jesus Christ himself, Paul knew the plan. And yet, listen to his words. He'd say, I just told you the plan, but I don't understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. 
And I have a desire to do what's good, but I can't carry it out. For I do not know, for I do not know the good that I want to do, but the evil that I don't want to do. That's what I keep on doing, Paul says. And at the very end, he says, what a wretched man am I. What a wretched man am I. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to sin and death and decisions that I don't even want to make? That's the guy that just shared the plan. Even though you know the plan, sometimes you're like, God, help, help. I'm so confused. God, I confess to you, I don't know what I'm doing. God, I confess to you that I'm struggling in this. And God, I'm just telling you, I need help. I need your power. God, I need you to show up. God, I need you to give me your spirit right now. I believe your word's true, God. But just please show up in this. Show up. And Paul knew moments like that. That's why in Romans 7, he starts talking about there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And he revolves in Romans chapter 8. He begins talking about the Spirit of God and what happens when the Spirit of God truly comes upon us and is inside of us. And instead of living by our own discipline, we live by the Spirit's discipline and by the Spirit's power putting off our old self putting on our new self where his plan and his power come together inside of our hearts but it only comes when we finally say God I need your power I need your power I need your spirit and here's what I want to do as we wrap this up I don't want to leave without praying about this focusing on this every single one of us in this room are surrounded by temptation if you don't think you are be careful (laughs) be careful and if you need God's power to show up in a bigger way in your life if you need God's presence to show up in a bigger way in your life to help you find the way of escape I'm going to ask you to stand and we're going to pray for you if you need God's power to show up more in your life. If you need God's power to show up more in your life. Be careful. Be careful. God, every single one of us, every single one of us, God, standing, acknowledges in this world there's a whole lot of trouble. There's a whole lot of struggle, God. God, in all the years that I've been alive, God, I've never seen it tougher than it is right now. 
But God, you tell us through your word to look at history and see how you come through time and time again. And so God, we pray for you to show up. We pray for you to show up in our world. But God, we pray for you to show up in our individual hearts here as we stand as your church. God, I don't know what every single person, what their temptation is, God, what their rumble strips are on the side of the road. But God, I pray that your spirit would move inside of them in a powerful, powerful way. God, let us be careful. Let us be careful if we think we're standing firm because God, then we know Satan hits the hardest. God, we trust and believe. We trust and believe, God, that you are the miraculous one with all power that can see us through. And we pray this in Jesus' name.